Black Girl in Ohm promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash. And Dion Ivory, thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Y'all, I have been loving Osea ever since I visited their studio in um, the LA area. I have just fallen in love. They help reveal and illuminate your natural radiance with their products, y'all. Whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions, every single one of their products products is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love right here in California. So we have a little uh, goodie for y'all. Mm-hmm. You can use the code BLACKGIRLANDOM for a free travel size of choice. That's an $18 value with a purchase of $40 or more. And we have a special offer just for our Black Girl and Ohm listeners. Head over to OseaMalibu.com. And while you're shopping with the purchase of $40 or more, Use the code BLACKGIRLGNOME for a free travel size for a product of your choice. That's an $18 value, y'all. And don't forget to add your travel size to the cart in order for the offer to be reflected. Let me know which products you love. Uh, it is my extreme honor to introduce Black Girl and Ohm. Thank you. Thank you. It's our extreme honor to be here, truly. We've actually been manifesting more live podcast yes. conversations. Here we are. Here we are. Yes. The energy feels really amazing actually looking at our audience. So thank you all. I'm Lauren Ash. And I'm Dion Ivory. And if you haven't yet tuned into our podcast, um, please do. We're available everywhere. Black Girl in Ohm is all about creating space for women of color to breathe easy. So we have conversations with phenomenal, phenomenal women, much like the Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams here, um, who we'll be getting into an amazing conversation with. Mm -hmm. And really for the purpose of awakening to new ideas, learning how to heal, learning how to take care of yourself, especially as black women. We find that to be really important. And learning the art of being human. Yes. Which you talk so beautifully about. Yes. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. How's my mic? You sound fantastic. Okay. Yes. That's what I want to do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. So just in case for some reason our our listeners and those here do not know about your work, I'm going to share a little bit about it with everybody before we get into this. Called the most intriguing African-American Buddhist by Library Journal, Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams Sensei is an author, maverick spiritual teacher, master teacher, and founder of Center for Transformative Change. She has been bridging the worlds of personal transformation, that's what we're all about, <laughs> and justice, we're all about that too, <laughs> um, and uh, since the publication, excuse me, of her critically acclaimed book, Being Black, Zen and the Art of Living with Fearlessness and Grace. And I read that last year and it was what I needed at that time, especially. Her book was hailed as an act of love by Pulitzer Prize winning, excuse me, winner Alice Walker and a classic by Buddhist teacher Jack Cornfield. Her new book, Radical Dharma, I'm all of you I saw have that book out there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Explores racial injustice as a barrier to collective awakening. Ordained as a Zen priest, she is also a sensei, the second of only four black women recognized as teachers in the Japanese Zen lineage. She's a social visionary that applies wisdom teachings and practice to social issues and sees transformative social change as America's next great movement. So let's more officially welcome yes. Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You are absolutely amazing. And like, I was fangirling hearing you talk. (laughs) I'm so serious. I was like, she's getting my whole life together. Um, (laughs) But um, I, Lauren and I love to leave with this question because a lot of times black women, we are so tied to like what we do. It's like, yeah, girl, this is who I am. I'm this, I'm that. But Mm -hmm. beyond the accolades and the accomplishments um, and the external work, like who are you and what are you rooted in? Mm. I am, uh, well, I am a deep introvert, and I am Mm. a um, feeler that somehow has managed to express my 
what I feel in words. I'm an explorer. I, uh, I explore both in the world. I love to travel. I am built for travel. Mm. Um, but I also explore internally. And I don't accept no for an answer. Uh, even with myself. And so when I ran up against walls and I run up against walls that are like, no, there's an, there's not an answer for that. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. So I'm really, uh, I'm a, I'm an explorer. Um, and I'm uh, a lover. I don't really like people, but I love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I mean, I deeply, I deeply love people, you know, so much so that they, you know, it, love brings suffering and brings pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, and mm -hmm. uh, so the, the path that I'm on is really about uh, being able to hold the complexity of both the, the suffering and the love and, and keep those two together and not try to give up uh, either one of them. Oh, wow. I love what you just said right now about the path that I'm on mm -hmm. yeah. because as the opening, you know, the beautiful, um, you know, your story and your bio, a glimpse of it at least, um, it contained the fact that you're a master teacher, you know, mm -hmm. and we oftentimes forget <laughs> mm -hmm. that master teachers, people that we view as so enlightened and so awakened right. um, are still on journeys themselves. Yeah. So I think that's really special that you shared an aspect of your journey that you have um, really identified in mm -hmm. your life. So um, we would love to talk a little bit more also about how you came on this path. I know it's very multi-layered, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, what might you just share um, around how you came into mm -hmm. the path of, of embracing um, Buddhist teachings mm -hmm. to inform the work that you do with justice in the world. I think that connection is really unique and mm -hmm. amazing. And also then how you stepped into teaching and sharing that with more people. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't, I, I really, to this day, don't think of myself as a Buddhist. I'm much, mm -hmm. not much of an ist anything. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have a lot of belief. Like I, I have a lot of um, relationship to what I experience. And so uh, I'm interested in teachings and how people have approached their own paths. And the Buddha, the historic Buddha, was one of those. And really what got me in, and Zen is kind of like a different creature. It's sort of like Buddhist plus Taoism, mm -hmm. you know, so it's really quite philosophical. It kind of worked my like heady self. Um, so I'm not like a I'm not like a belief oriented and a faith oriented Buddhist, and that like makes a lot of people do yeah, that. Look, yeah, they're like, <laughs> what? What is that? Um, I, I'm into what like what works for liberation. So I'm, mm. if I'm an ist anything, it's a liberationist. Like yeah. I'm about what I like to say is that the Buddha said that he taught one thing um, and one thing he taught one thing, and it was that suffering in the path. To, to suffering. And I think I, I teach, you know, liberation and how to access liberation. Right. Like that's really all I'm interested in. And if it comes in like a Buddhist flavor, great. If it mm. comes in Christian flavor, uh, you know, pre-patriarchal, pre pre-white pre supremacy, pre-pre-pre, <laughs> right. pre, pre, right. like real, like Jesus's love teaching yeah. uh, Christianity that, that I would, let's just say Jesus's path. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, if it comes in uh, the, the teachings of, from the Quran, uh, from the Kabbalah, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'm really interested in. I think I'm most associated with Buddhist teachings because that's where I did my uh, sort of deep dive training. And in many ways, because it was free enough of the pain that um, my Christian um, background and, and uh, experience brought with it, so I could like shake loose something. Uh, so that's really why I'm, I'm there. Mm -hmm. And it worked, right? It worked. It, it, it brought me into that inquisitiveness and the curiosity that you mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, that... Um, got me past the notion that like I had to accept the way that things are mm -hmm. or that I had to just believe what someone else said and I'm right. really like I'm not that girl like mm -hmm. I'm just going to believe what someone else yes. says so the other thing that the Buddha said is like don't believe me uh, and don't believe sages and don't believe teachers mm -hmm. try it and if it works for you only only then yes. should you uh, 
actually follow that path. And that's what I did. And I wanted to share that with uh, black folks and colored folks because especially at the time that I was coming up in the teaching, uh, it really felt like many of us were felt like we were stuck and we were relegated to whatever it is that we were given. Right. And, you know, we were kind of clawing our way out of things. But in many ways, we were then mirroring some of that oppression. So then it showed up as internalized oppression. Mm. Uh, so I really wanted a path to real liberation. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so I know I heard one of your podcasts. I forgot who it was, but you spoke about your Christian background, as mm-hmm. you just did. And it's like being raised with that type of belief system and structure. Like, how do you even allow yourself to be open to the possibility of, like, learning these new things and expanding your consciousness in a way that um, leads you on a different path than what you were brought up in and being okay with that? Mm -hmm. I think it's because I'm an only child to my mother. And being an only child, um, you kind of live inside your own head in many ways. Uh, You had to because, like, there was nobody else to play with. And so that living inside of my own head... Um, made my mind my companion. So my my mind is my is my personal companion. It's with me everywhere. And so like we're always in dialogue and in relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when you have your best friend and like everybody else is like showing out or doing things and you're like, yeah, I'm not down with that. Me and my mind were like that. We were like, yeah, no, we're not down with that. Are you <laughs> down with that? No, I'm not down with that. Mm-hmm. And so that gave me um, a, a kind of buffer zone. Mm-hmm. I was also um, abused as a child. And that uh, made me hypervigilant and very, very in, intensely aware of tuning into like what felt like right energy and not what right energy. I needed that ability in order to survive my childhood. Uh, and so I think that also gave me real um, willingness to chase and like when something felt right, I would just go for it because mm-hmm. for me it was a matter of survival. It wasn't just like, oh, this is interesting and let me check that out. It was like everything was like, oh, this might save my life and this might save my life and this might save my life. And that's what I was interested in is making sure that I saved my life. Not not in save my life in the sense of like I was going to die as in like, you know, material death, but Mm -hmm. it was going to save my spiritual life, my mental life, my the life of me being whole. Wow. I resonate with that on so many levels. Uh, I'm going to just leave it there (laughs) before I go off on a tangent. I mean, I think you should go into it. Tangents are good. Yes. I mean, I just feel like I'm in a similar space Mm -hmm. um, of, you know what, I'm not, because I feel myself getting really emotional, and I'm not trying to cry today. I've been crying for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I've been really, um, as as I said earlier, excited to encounter someone whose work is at the intersection of spirituality and justice, you know, like studying a little bit about you and just learning of you um, showing up really strong and like in the flesh too. um, And, um, you know, organizing, getting rested, things like that. Um, I'm really dug up my past. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) my last, my last, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think that we live in a time where it's, we have these comfortable things that we can do Mm. to feel like we're making a difference. Mm -hmm. And so we oftentimes will just resort to those. And I'm curious, you know, because our community is all about like change on a personal level as well as on a collective level and what might you offer in the way of encouragement for those of us who are looking to go beyond the comfort to like you know and it could it look it could look a plethora of ways but I think it looks more than just I'm gonna give a little money to this organization or I'm gonna like write this like moving Instagram post about this I think those things are great and there's more that we can do right so what might you offer yeah go where it's uncomfortable um, you know, I lived for seven years uh, full time with seven people that changed all the time, like who they were. There were some people that stayed the same most of the time. Um, but my mother <laughs> would always say, she was, I can't believe you live with people all the time. She would just say, like, I just can't, I can't believe it. Seven years and she'd still be saying the same thing. <laughs> um, because I'm like a deep introvert mm-hmm. and I don't like people. Mm-hmm. 
but that is where it was uncomfortable mm. um, <clears throat> to actually show up to not just talk about community to like be community to like do community and it really wasn't enough for me one of the particular uh, peculiar things about being black is it came out when I was 30 and so I was young for all intents and purposes. And I was like, I don't want to be a talking head. Mm. And so I have to like go there. Yes. Right. I mean, I had the, you know, the grace to actually get the book deal and that was great. But I could see that right away author is short for authority. And so people were looking at me and I was like, wait a minute, this cookie is not baked yet. Mm. And I need to go and like get in the oven. So, you know, I had done things already and been an activist and third wave was like my, you know, my, like my, my place that I formed my, um, you know, political self, mm -hmm. but I knew that I needed to uh, continue. And so that's really what I do is that I look at where it is uncomfortable, where mm -hmm. the light is not shining yet. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I like not peel back the curtain. I like rip up the carpet. I like, you know, get the hammer yes. and just start pulling on it to, to really wow. get under there. Um, because I have come to understand that the places that we hide, that we leave parts of ourselves behind, those are the places that carry with us not just um, a lack of healing for ourselves, but it also expands into um, our becoming a vehicle for suffering in the world, mm -hmm. that we wow. act out those places that um, have le been left behind. We go and we act them out on other people, whether that's our partners, whether that's our lovers, whether that is, um, you know, fill in the blank, some, some person that you can name, uh, when we go and reclaim those parts of ourselves and, and love into them, like, mm. it doesn't mean we have to be pleased with it. It means we have to love into it and say, okay, yeah, this too. Wow. When we take that with us, then we become vehicles for love. That's just what it is. Wow. <laughs> Yes, um, <laughs> and I mean, you can be, I mean, you can, and you can be a vehicle for love and be fierce. And I think mm -hmm. that people conflate the two. It's mm -hmm. like you're going to be like all peace and love, and, yes. like, and now you're not going to have anything yes. to say with like bullshit going yeah. on, yeah. right? Like there's like bullshit going on. Right. These are not the same thing. Right. You speak to bullshit for love, mm. yes, and it's a different thing than speaking to bullshit out of your pain and out of your grief yes. and out of your woundedness. And I'm not saying people shouldn't do that too, mm -hmm. because sometimes that's just where we're at yes. and we need to speak from where we're at. But to the best of our ability, if we can keep working on being able to speak from our seat of love, then um, everything that we do, even if it doesn't work out, because that's like, that's not our business. If I believed in God in the way that people believe in God, I would say like, that's God's business. Like, leave that alone. Mm -hmm. The outcomes are not your business. Um, how you do it is what we have a, an ability to have some control over. Wow. That's beautiful. And I, I appreciate that it's also not a cookie cutter response either. I think, especially as millennials, we love to like, know like, okay, I'm going to ask this question. Right. I'm going to get the response and then I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Just like that. Mm -hmm. But um, that's not really what you provided. You provided something that's much more expansive than that mm -hmm. and what we all need to hear. Right. So I'm here sitting thinking like, okay, what, what makes me uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. we had the pleasure of staying with uh, a dear friend of my best friend in Santa Monica earlier this week. And she was telling me about her grandmother who was best friends with James Baldwin and hung out with like all these amazing people and how she is like in her, I don't, she's, she's an older, she's an elder mm -hmm. at this point. And, um, how, She's also Irish and white. And she was sharing with her daughter, you know, the work is never done. And she was apparently providing all these tangible examples about how, like, back when she was hanging out with all these black activists, like, they would give her, like, she literally, she would, they would give her Afro wigs as, like, a form of, like, wow. you're with us. Now, let me. I if, know, girl. If a white woman <laughs> exactly. who said she was my friend showed up wearing an Afro wig, I would be like, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, and exactly. like there was so there were all the all yeah. these other examples. You know, she she said that she you know used to use the word Oriental all the time, and like she had to be like, Grandma, like you can't mm, do that. Can't do you that. know, that's right. So I'm here sitting like, okay, what are the things that I feel like I've just been like, you know, maybe like patting myself on the back of like, I've done this in the past, but now I'm like, okay, now what Lauren? And I actually know what those things are. I see it. We always do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we always do. And, um, yeah, I'm convicted right now. So I, I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. 
Yeah, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I mean, that's our path, is to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable, because that really is the nature of life. It doesn't mean that we have to um, be like browbeaten and like, oh my God, this is horrible, it's mm -hmm. suffering. But it is uncomfortable from like little tiny discomforts to big, you know, enormous discomforts, you know, including death and speaking of, you know, amazing people, you know, just like take a moment and honor that um, Intozaki Shange has transitioned and she is with the spirits and the elders um, and, and, and really like one of our like fierce sister teacher warriors that has been an illuminary for so many of us. Um, and Zaki was one of those people like that was like mm -hmm. that. She was like, you know, she just like leaned into like what was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we can do that, we, um, we signal to the people that are coming behind mm -hmm. us and, you know, up alongside of us that it, it's actually okay that we are an incredibly brilliant, genius, resilient people mm -hmm. and that we will survive anything um, that come that we come up against, but most the thing that most holds us back is actually our unwillingness to test ourselves in our own spaces of our inner minds and yeah. uh, the the wounds that we have and like to work with those. And I get it because we have enough externally inflicted wounds, yeah. but our resilience actually comes from a willingness to test the places that are in our souls and our hearts that feel broken and uh, mm. unhealed. Yes. So how has this? practice of being uncomfortable like shifted your life and has allowed you to expand as this amazing black woman well thank you for amazing black woman <laughs> I, 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 it's unfathomable really i'm just like who are you mm. like i really feel that about myself mm. i'm like who are you because mm -hmm. in some ways um i'm exactly who i was always right mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it is i have become who i always was Wow. I have become who I always was. Mm -hmm. And that's surprising, you know, because there's so many things that can get in the way of becoming who you truly are. And I feel like I'm in a living and dynamic practice of always becoming who I am. And um, one of the things that I've learned, uh, like bell hooks, is always evolving. Mm -hmm. And that willingness to like not have other people like define who you are. Mm -hmm. and it's just like, but I heard you said, and she'll be like, yeah, but I said that last year. Yes. It's like, I said that yesterday. I and I don't have to be bound by something that I said yesterday yes. because I'm evolving, yes. dynamic, yes. and people will want to fix you. Uh, they'll want to make you the Buddhist, right? They'll want to make you the, the whatever, like you're yeah. the meditation teacher. Teacher. And so I'm always, and speaking of like the places that you're comfortable, mm -hmm. for many years ago, I could have just come out and just been like the black meditation person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to be that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be limited to just that. So yes. I, I really allowed myself to expand and not kind of like run on the circuit being in that box. Yes. Um, that kept me, and, and this is like my mantra from like believing in my own bullshit, Right. And it's like, if I don't believe in my own bullshit, then I allow myself to continue to grow. Wow. wow. Everyone in here was like, wow. Yes. Weeks flown off, <laughs> mine included. <laughs> like, oh my God. I love that. I love that. Um, we've had the pleasure of hearing you speak a couple of times over the weekend. Great having you. It's so great. <laughs> and this concept that you, I think I mentioned at least more than once, um, our whole crew has been talking about it, and I want to dig deeper into it, generative wholeness. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday you shared about it within the context mm -hmm. of, you know, if if all of us are not well, then on an individual level, we are not well, fundamentally. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it doesn't mean that we can't do the work, but it's just about understanding, like, you know, we got to do what we can to be well. Um, and so I would love to just hear you talk more about that mm -hmm. and generative wholeness, mm -hmm. especially, again, this is black girl and all, we're talking yeah. about black women. Yeah, black women. <laughs> especially within that context. Yeah. yeah. You know, I... This is like with no 
commentary or judgment to where we have come from because at different places in different times we have to bear different burdens mm -hmm. and i think that um owing to to sisters like saki and allison you know the uh, women have come before us named fanny lou hamer like all the people named and women named black women named and unnamed mm -hmm. um we are now in a place where we i think we no longer have to small ourselves down mm -hmm in order to make our way into situations that we have um we have enough resources amongst ourselves and within ourselves and if we don't feel like we have those resources it's our it's our job it's our uh, responsibility to cultivate those resources mm -hmm. which is why i'm so you know pleased about black girl and ohm and just you know us cutting the cord of like i'm not doing that because that's white people stuff mm -hmm. i'm like you know, if that's white people's stuff and it's going to get you liberated, you better go and get some. Yeah. Like, if this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't care who's got some teaching. Mm. And that was the case for me. Mm. You know, I had a white, lesbian, Irish teacher. And mm. is that perfect? Was that my ideal? Was that what was I thinking to myself? Like, yeah, I want to. No, it wasn't ideal. But I was getting something out of that. Right. And you take the steps and you draw from that until you have gotten what you can uh, what you, what you can get from that, and then you move on to the next thing. And so I, I'm really like you know <laughs> just beyond you know uh, uh, happy and pleased that you all are doing this because it makes it more available to mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So you know I I really feel that this is you know what I need to do, and I think that all of us if we, the more that we exp ex expand this message and share with people and just um, plant the seed of a kind of certitude mm. that we are entitled to our wholeness, that we are entitled to our wholeness, that it's not just something that is a belief, but it is a vibration. And we feel that vibration and the more of us that we can see, like reaching into our wholeness. We don't have to be perfect, but we have to be doing the work of like leaning in and leaning in hard. Mm -hmm. But we should do that leaning in in places that feel generative to us, right? So even if sometimes pain is generative, right? Like there's a kind of like you go to the gym and you're like, oh, ow, you know, right? Like I did Sean Corn's class yesterday and I was, this morning I was like, ow, um, but it was generative. Like yes. it was like the, oh, ow, mm, I'm so glad that I do that. I wonder if she's wow. doing a class again today. Mm, wow. And so we really have to learn the difference between generative um, practice and relationship to things mm. uh, and destructive practices and relationships to things. So there's a pain that leads to more pain and there's the pain that leads to freedom. Yes. And we want to be on the pain in the pain that leads to freedom because life does come with pain. And if we just avoid pain, then what we do is put ourselves in that comfort zone and we get small. And this country meant for us to be small. And the most radical thing that we can do is to choose to be our whole selves. Wow. I think this is, <laughs> I mean, this is beautiful for so many reasons, including, I think this is tied in with something that we talk about a lot, but we haven't necessarily thought about in the same way, which is like being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. But it's like deeper than that. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like acknowledging the experiences, the, the relationships, the situations we find ourselves in and creating space to examine it from this place of, is this generative? Is it destructive? Is this purposeful? Is this not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, we, we are now entitled to leave behind the things um, that are no longer serving us just because they're black, right? Mm -hmm. Just because we've been told, like, that's what black folks do. That's good. Uh, we have to let that stuff, it's that a kind of a survivor uh, uh, guilt mm -hmm. uh, that some of us are able to access things that other people in our lives aren't able to access or their minds or consciousness is not there yet. Yeah. And that's no diss to those people, but we have to like move ourselves forward. We can reach back, yeah, right? But, but we can't stay back. Uh, out of some kind of a sense of like guilt that like, you know, folks are going to talk about us or like, what does that mean about mm -hmm. who we are? It means that we're trying to pull ourselves up so we can pull all our people up right. and pull them forward. Yes. And I think that's especially true when it comes to uh, practices like yoga and, and uh, you know, meditation. You know, I'm always talking to people in my family and they're like, are you breathing? <laughs> start making jokes that like, yeah, you doing some breathing exercises. And, you know, and I just take it with a grain of salt and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually teach med- I teach yoga too. I don't teach it actively, but I've mm-hmm. I've I've um, you know developed a whole yoga practice as well. So mm-hmm. you know, there's all kind of jokes, and uh, we have to recognize that some of that comes out of a sense of discomfort because we are entering into a space which a lot of the people that came before us mm-hmm. they didn't have that kind of access, so it makes them uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable that we're like willing to like step into the truth of who we are and that we're doing it unapologetically, Mm -hmm. that we're doing it unapologetically, that we're not doing it like, uh, you know, like a little bit over here, Um, you know, that we say things like, I'm not coddling white folks anymore. Like, I don't have time for that. And people are like, did you say that out loud? I said, yes, I did say that out loud. And I didn't say that out loud to be mean. I say that out loud because I want white folks to know that I am actually in enough relationship with them that I can treat them as whole human beings that can handle the truth of my wholeness. And if they can't handle the truth of my wholeness, then we have to do some work and, uh, and then meet around the corner some other place. Right. But, but that's actually an act of love to say, like, I'm actually going to let you receive wow. the fullness of who I am. Wow. Wow. Woo woo. Wow. <laughs> and that also takes a level of trust, yes. too. Which we just talked about. Yes. yes. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, then what will be the implications behind me speaking my truth? It might not be an immediate feel mm-hmm. good, you understand me, and I feel understood by you. Yeah. But it's still fundamentally useful to speak from that place. Yeah, I, you know, I think we. Oh, I think trust is like overused. No, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, because like, I, teach me. <laughs> you just, yeah, I mean, because like we get this little, so, oh, I have to like trust, mm-hmm. and I have to. Have, black folks have never mm-hmm. been safe. Mm-hmm. We have never been safe, and it is going to be a little minute before we are actually safed. And so I think that sometimes we just have to have that leap of faith and trust not in the person, right, but trust Mm -hmm. in the, like, fundamental uh, genius of who we are Mm -hmm. and that we're entitled to that. And I don't have to trust anybody to to actually take space up in my genius, right? You have to figure that out. That's not my job. That's not my problem. If you're having a problem with the genius that I have, Mm -hmm. that's your problem. And so I don't have to have any kind of trust in you to fulfill that space. That oh, is trust in self. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't even think that. I just yeah. think you have to just risk trust it. Trust in. Yeah, oh, just, just risk. no trust. Just take it. Just, <laughs> just take a risk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-listen to this. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> this notion that we have to have trust in ourselves mm-hmm. in order to be able to do things, I want to say is like a product of white supremacy. Wow. wow. And it is a product of, this no- of a notion of perfectionism that suggests that we have to have it all figured out and that mm. we have to know in order to do. Wow. And what black folks are gifted with is actually doing something with nothing. We are gifted with the capacity to like take uh, like hundred years worth of slavery and be this. Right. And be this. Right. And, and this is not this is not in the formula. Right. This did not come from trust. This right. comes from I know. Right. This is like a knowing. It is yes. a knowing that goes beyond this sense of like, oh, I trust. It's wow. just like I know that I am entitled mm-hmm. because I am like original genes here. Wow. These are original genes and they will survive. And so we have to just lean into that. And we don't have to know. We just yes. we don't have to know here. We have to just take the step. And if we make a mistake, okay. Yes. You know? And that's the other thing is that we are incredibly forgiving people. Yes. And we have to turn that forgiveness for onto ourselves. So that we don't have to have all the answers and we don't have to have it all figured out and we don't have to beat ourselves up when we make a mistake. Make a mistake. Please make lots of mistakes. Lots and lots and lots of mistakes. That's how I got here. Lots of mistakes. And there are people in my life that can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Beyond girl. It's like all the questions that I wanted to, to ask you, you just like delivered to me like on level 10. And I'm like just sitting here speechless. I mean, because one of the things I wanted to ask you was like, especially as black people, like what like what are some reasons that we allow? No, what was this question? Hold on. How do we as a society get in our own way of experiencing this ever expansive way of being, which is what I feel like you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you just pretty much answered it and then some, you know, I just, I need to get my life. (laughs) I need to get my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> what are you thinking? I'm, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> tell you this might be like the first time where we're actually both speechless <laughs> usually one is speechless the other jumps in and then <laughs> vice versa but now we're just like <laughs> what to ask um no but let's go back to um the fact that you travel a lot you said you're an explorer mm-hmm. in an inward sense in an outer sense could you just share maybe one of your most memorable and insightful experiences while on the road teaching and engaging with others on this spiritual path? Mm. Um, I think my insightful moments come not when I think of myself as you know teaching, whatever that means, is when I'm headed out to learn. Uh, and so I went in uh, 2010, uh, shortly after... Um, the uh, bombing of Gaza, mm-hmm. uh, about a, a year after the uh, a, a huge round of bombing of Gaza, and you know it's like this kind of the progressive thing is that you know black folks are like pro Gaza, but I was like I need to know what that's about. Like I actually need to know instead of just talking out of my head. And so I went to Gaza. Um, Yeah, and to be in, um, to sort of put in perspective, right, the relationship between incarceration in this country and, um, and, and a people's being incarcerated in their land, like that it is the largest right. jail in the world because it is their entire country that is just incarcerated, um, and to see the... Um, resilience, like the hip hop coming out of like Palestinian culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that, uh, wherever I go in the world, brown and black people are looking to black Americans for what liberation looks like everywhere I go in the world. They're Enjoy like, I mean, uh, I, you know, I went to Turkey and the Kurdish people are like, yeah, but you know, black people, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. like they're like always talking mm-hmm. to me about like, yeah, but you will have the, like the heroes wow. and the sheroes that, mm-hmm. um, have, um, really in, um, inspired our struggle and they certainly have their own cultures and their own heroes and sheroes and all of those things. But to realize that there is a way that we, um, are not able to really, uh, deepen into the truth of how genius we are and how mm. that genius is understood all over the world, I think wow. is a great loss for us. Wow. And I think that loss comes from not leaving this goddamn country. Mm-hmm. And that the more of us leave the country and get some perspective, um, the more of us will be uh, liberated from the limitation of the, 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 the lack of imagination of white supremacy in this country. So we actually need to like leave here and get up out of here um, because right now we are stuck in the limitation of someone else's imagination of wow. who we are and who we can be. Even the ways that we thrive are in some ways limited by the imagination imagination of capitalism, by the imagination of patriarchy as it exists in this country. And so leaving, and, and it's not to say that there are not, you know, issues with race, but they're not our issues. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it's like, you can go there and you can get another perspective and you right. can go look around and go, Oh damn, I'm right. like, we're amazing. Right. We are amazing. Yeah. And, um, and we all need to leave here. I like strongly encourage every black body to like leave this place yeah. and feel the weight and the burden of, um, the way in which, um, oppression and, uh, and, 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 uh, anti-black sentiment lives on our bodies. Mm-hmm. And here's, what's going to happen. You're going to go and it's going to be kind of like you traveled and you realize that you left behind your baggage and it's going to freak you out for a moment. You're going to be like, wait a minute, where's my baggage? Wait a minute. Nobody's like looking at me funny and looking at me sideways because I'm black. And it's going to freak you out. 
and you're actually going to like try to pick a fight with somebody because you know they're doing something because you're black and it actually is they, is they don't because even of that? care yeah, exactly <laughs> right. and they won't even care and it's like liberatory to actually like breathe air that um, air that has never known you as less than right to actually breathe the air in places and spaces that has never known you or understood you as less than to breathe air in spaces in which white bodies don't have a proprietary that is an ownership relationship to your body they don't reach out and touch your hair uh, you know they don't start talking to you like they like they're your, you're their children and all those kinds of things um, and the flip side of that is also that when you come back from it what you realize is that white people are trapped in the limitation of the imagination of whiteness in this country as well. And so it actually opens you up to more compassion. Wow. Well, we're going to Thailand this January. We are going yes, to Thailand. Oh, so yeah. I feel like you just spoke a mm-hmm. preparatory, like, you know, yeah. word over Absolutely. our lives. Yeah. I've traveled abroad before. Um, not as much as I would like, but yeah. one of my intentions for 2019 it's is to definitely travel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the places that the tourists are because, yes. you know, especially yes. American tourists, they'll bring the same baggage that into so those true. places. So you just have mm-hmm. to like get up out of there. That is so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Wow. Girl. Aren't they great? <laughs> <laughs> We're seriously just in awe. Like, yes. Normally, I'm like, ooh, I'm asked this, I'm gonna ask that. Yeah. Like, just read <laughs> me and yes. get me to all the way. I feel yes. like I'm in a you know, lecture. Like, I yes. just, wow. Yes. But um, I do wanna say, like, as one of three black women ever ordained within the Zen Buddhist tradition, as I author, think there's now five of us, by the oh. way. I have to go and update that. Yeah, we just had a gathering of um, about 30. Uh, black teachers, black and African descended uh, Buddhist teachers, That's which beautiful. was like that is phenomenal. It was all kind of juicy. Like you can just like look it up online. Um, on Lions Roar, there's a uh, black uh, Buddhist teachers of black African descent, uh, and we did like a panel discussion in public, and, and it was great. But you know, it was all kind of things because we were like family up in there, yes. like in like in this quick with all the things of wow. family, you know, like drama, yes. ridiculousness, you know. <laughs> little tiny bit of pettiness here yeah. and there. You know what I mean? But mostly yes. just real brilliance yeah. and wow. love and warmth and um, real depth and capacity and a, and a recognition that uh, whatever teachings uh, that we, we have that come to us, and in this particular case, Buddhist teachings, they are going to express themselves differently and uniquely through black bodies, through black minds, through black hearts, through black voices. Um, and they're always going to speak into liberation. Yeah, earlier you said something about how you had experienced um, more of the peace related to Buddhist traditions um, and not as much of the justice. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine then that within that space you found more of. Yeah, I find more, more of it, you know, and it is true still that, you know, the internalized um, incarceration, oppression is real, right? And so the ways in which, and that's part of what we were exploring is the ways in which, you know, Buddhism is kind of strange because like comes from Asian cultures Mm -hmm. and for most of us, not all of us, some of us like, you know, actually went and, you know, lived in Asian countries. Uh, but for most of us, we like receive teachings through white folks. So it's like Asian folks interpreted yeah. through white folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're now kind of like breaking through the binds of that limitation of like, okay, like white folks delivered it like this and like that's awesome and I got something out of it. But like, you know, I'm going to like throw a little bit of this on it and a yes. little bit of that because, you know, I, I need it to speak to the truth of my reality. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that relates to what we do within Black Girl and Home. Like, I enjoyed my practice, you know, with yoga and the yoga studios that I found myself at home within. And I was like, okay, if there were Black women in here with me, Mm -hmm. that would be another level. Right. Um, So that representation, accessibility, and the way that we communicate with each other um, because of our cultural understandings and, and connections, mm-hmm. like that's everything. It is everything. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, you coming into this like a long time ago, like 
They were Excuse me. <laughs> I know when she said all that long ago. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I didn't mean no, like that. No, it was a minute ago. Uh, a minute ago. <laughs> it was I can a minute be, ago. I'm, I My first book was 18 years ago, so I'm, mm. it was a minute ago. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean, I imagine like it wasn't a lot of black and brown people. No. So how did you still no. feel this sense of like, I belong here mm. in the midst of all of that and standing firm in your purpose? Um, I didn't think of myself as like, I belong here. I'm like, this is mine, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And which is different than I belong here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, what, I'm still not sure that I belong there. But the teaching, the access to um, language that helped me make a real liberation and, and to, to inspire the yearning for liberation, like, that's mine. And I'm entitled mm-hmm. to it. And if y'all are going to have what's mine up in here, then I'm going to be here. Yeah. Right. Wow. Like, so that's very different than yes. like, oh, I belong here. Right. I never tried to figure out my belonging with the people. I mean, I love them. And there was also a, a fundamental sense of like, you're not quite getting me and I'm not quite getting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and actually, that's okay. I think there's a way in which we try too hard to like make it all like, oh, we're going to really totally get each other and it's just like being in a foreign land I I don't totally get foreign people like I get you where it's important to get you at but Mm -hmm. I don't really fully understand your culture your history you know where you're coming from you know your wounds your pains your struggles and uh, I sometimes I think that the assumption of um, having been here as black peoples in America for a long time makes us act as if that's supposed to happen. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really good with you not fully getting me, mm-hmm. right? As like, if, if you don't come like out of my culture and my relationship and um, not the least of which is like mono, black folks are not monolithic. And so I don't care what you read or what you think you read or know, or, you know, how woke you are, you're not really going to get my particular experience. So that has been, uh, holding that has been very helpful for me and my clarity that um, I am entitled to liberation is has been the thing that has always gotten me through because there was nary a brown person mm. like na- like no, there were no black people. I mm. remember when I first I was like, whoa, you know, mm. it was like they had three antennas on their head or something. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not really true. But of course, they're like of the two or three there were, people would always say, you know, so-and-so, right? And I'd be like, no, we don't all know each other. <laughs> she lives in California. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that we definitely do. Yeah, like. but it, it, it was deep. And, um, and I really encourage those of you that are in practice now, whether that's, you know, Buddhist paths or uh, Dharmic paths, yoga paths, to really like hold tight to your sisters and brothers and gender non-conforming folks that are up in those classes and spaces with you. Um, like let the petty stuff like roll off your back because mm. um, to have that kind of like kinship yeah. in the midst of practice is really profound yes. and, um, and not having it is like being in the desert. Yes. Wow. What you just shared about clarity. You said like, I have clarity. I had clarity that like that, that liberation was mine. Like it was your right. Yeah. How would you invite us to get clear Mm -hmm. on what we deserve? Okay. I'm about to sound really Buddhist. Please. (laughs) Uh, So meditate on your suffering. Right. And when I say that, I mean, really sit with the experience of suffering that you have had mm-hmm. and your um, recognition of and, and willingness to touch your suffering actually paradoxically incites the clarity of the right to liberation, the entitlement to liberation. And most of us don't get there bec- precisely because we're trying to avoid our suffering. Mm. But if you go into your suffering and you really like rest in the truth of your suffering and how, um, yeah, how consuming suffering is and how how deep and how encompassing it is of, you know, every aspect of your being, then you know that anything that gives you relief from that suffering is yours. And you have to go for it and, you know, 
and, 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 and believe me, the last person thing you'll be thinking of is like whether there are white people on the mat or the cushion next to you, mm-hmm. right? You'll just be like, whatever, move over, yeah. right? And like, I'm going to rub my knees, <laughs> knees next to you. And, you know, and, and that sense of um, entitlement and clarity about it actually is infectious and the people around you really rally for you and actually want you to uh, experience whatever liberation you're experiencing because they want that for themselves. Thank you for just breaking that down so practically. Like, yes. I really needed that message. And like, as soon as I touch down in Houston, Texas, I will be meditating on my suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, the things that, the thing that gives you relief from that, it's like so obvious now, mm-hmm. even with you just saying, I'm like, it's so obvious, mm-hmm. yes. you know? And I don't think I ever thought about it that way, but wow. Just thank you. Like yeah. that was such a divine word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I don't mean wallow just so y'all clear, right? It's like not, there's a difference between like wallowing in your suffering, right? It's like, woe is me and poor right. me, right? Like I'm not so much going into your suffering like that. It's really like um, interrogating, like we're big on interrogation. So like interrogating your suffering, it's like, oh, mm, yeah, that was really deep. Oh, mm-hmm. that was really, really pain. Like they really, like that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Right. And um, we have been taught, especially black women, to use anger as a as a decoy from the suffering that we experience, mm-hmm. um, because it was danger to actually feel our pain. D- too dangerous to feel our pain. There was too much of it. Uh, for so long, having our babies taken away from us, having our uh, husbands and children and sons and you know nephews and, and parents taken away from us, and so anger uh, and stoicness actually became a way into to um, as a, became a proxy mm. for our suffering because it's like if somebody saw you suffer, they would take advantage of it, right? Uh, and so. Uh, it's time for us to put that aside. You know, I know that's what we had to do in order to get where we are now, but it's time for us to put that aside. And it's one of the beautiful things about your yoga mat is that, you know, you could put your suffering down there. Mm-hmm. Like you could just put it down because the earth has got you. Mm-hmm. And when you get on the mat or you get on the cushion, you can just like let it go. Mm-hmm. And you don't like, you know, bring some tissues if you must. But, you know, if you just have to like, you know, wipe, wipe your sleeve, get on your sleeve and like wipe your nose and just mm-hmm. like, let it go. Don't hold it back. Don't mm-hmm. like reel it in. Cause somebody's looking at you. Nobody cares. And yeah. if they care, like too bad. Yeah. Um, we have to like, just like put that grief down, like, you know, just like let it get out of us. And, mm-hmm. and, and so that we can move through this life that has been handed to us and, uh, make of it what we will. And, and what we need to make of it is like to actually become ourselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. become ourselves well on that note I think that we should see what those in community with us would like to ask anything at all yes Lots of, I feel yeah, lots like of questions <laughs> in the room. I feel them. Um, hi, thank you hi. for your message. It was really great. Um, just to speak specifically in this moment, like you just finished with becoming ourselves, um, those of us who are in the work of personal transformation and mm-hmm. becoming and sitting and interrogating and, and really deep on the path of self-inquiry, how do you... Um, I guess, continue to become and make space for yourself to grow. I feel like it's easy to, like you said, kind of as you sit with the suffering, mm-hmm. um, you know, you there's always another level to it, right? You can yeah. always find another layer and you can just keep getting in that work of, uh, you know, investigating everything yourself. But as you see your territory expanding and as you feel yourself becoming larger, how do you Um, I guess my question is, what are those practices that help you grow into that person Mm -hmm. and allow you to release some of that suffering, you know, without needing to get all the way into the weeds of it? Mm -hmm. Um, So therapy is awesome, right? And 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 there is a real value that uh, therapy has. And as we know, Therapy has also, Western psychotherapy has, has really um, pathologized many of us uh, that are inhabit black bodies. Uh, one of the powerful things about 
um, trans personal transformation practices is that we're actually like moving through th through things without like the whys and wherefores. So that's kind of like the weeds of it, right? To like get up in the whys and wherefores and you know, then we have to like go to other people and figure out like, why did you do that? And what was up with that? Um, and there's some value uh, in that and that can give us a certain kind of relief. But there is um, a real power that is deeper than that, which is actually to be liberated unto ourselves, right? And so that liberation unto ourselves means that we actually don't need other people to participate in our liberation. Uh, and and we and we move through that, and you, as you do it, what happens is you realize like that is life force right there, and so um, I reorganized my life. Like no, no one told me I was going to have time to go on like long retreats, and I know a lot of us are like, what you know, like I don't have time or money for like long retreats or to be like you know hanging out on yoga mats all the time, and so we're kind of squeezing it in. Uh, with everything else in our lives, but you have to choose to make your liberation first and foremost. Uh, you have to choose that above all else. It's like choosing your health, right? Choosing your wholeness. And once you do that, your life will start to reorganize uh, so that you can continue uh, on your path. And so that is really the thing. Like I, uh, I chose liberation and everything else that I'm doing now follows that. I didn't choose to write a book. I didn't choose to like sit up here and be on a podcast. I didn't choose to be a speaker. Nobody, I want to tell you, nobody becomes a Zen priest so they can be cool. That is just not how it works, right? Like I was like doing the like deep monastic introverted thing and I came um, up and through that and and I faced the world because I realized that uh, by actually like talking to other folks that are looking for their own path to liberation that to have a model is helpful to have representation is helpful uh, make your liberation Im more important than anything I know you know we want our, our cars and our stuff and our things and our bags and our outfits and all the things put your liberation above everything else and do it as soon as you can uh, be, when you have fewer obligations to other people, like you have children and that kind of thing. So the sooner you can do it, the better, so that um, that becomes the way that you live and everything else will follow that. We're all bobbleheads in here. We're all like, <laughs> I'm the worst of them. All right, I think we have a question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hello. Thank you all Hi. so much for being here and, and offering this. I'm really thankful to be here. I really resonated what was said about being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that I'm really going through that right now in my own personal life. Yeah. And I kind of was feeling into what you said about meditating on your suffering. Do you mind going in a little bit deeper of how I would do that and, and what recommendations you would give to someone that's, um, you know, wanting to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations? Yeah. Um, get you a cushion. <laughs> That's the best thing. You know, get a cushion. There's like so many retreat places you can go to. Um, go, go start with a day-long retreat. Uh, one of the things that's powerful about like a day-long retreat where you just like sit and then you walk and then you sit and then you walk. There's kind of no place to go. I mean, you could leave, but it's like a little, you know, <laughs> it would look bad. And so when you put yourself in situations with other people and in, in, uh, in community of people that are also working on themselves in that way, it, it, it fortifies your commitment to actually be able to make it through. I would have never made it through if it wasn't like, okay, I'm out here with 30 people and we are in the woods and there's just no place to go. Um, and I have a week in front of me of like meditating and sitting and sitting. There's something that happens, uh, you know, we can sort of do like, I'm, I'm big on like, if you're starting a practice, just do like five minutes a day and that's awesome. And if it ends up being less than five minutes a day, that's more important than having deep sits. But if you're actually really wanting to go into your, um, your own transformation and your own liberation, and you really want to meet yourself. What's important is to keep, is to work through the surface layers of noise in your mind, and basically what happens in meditation, just so you know, like take up scary parts. What happens is you just run out of shit to say, so you're like blah 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 blah, and this hurts and that hurts, and when's dinner going to be, and so and so, you know, and then you get tired of yourself, 
and you have nothing to say. Now, it, you don't do that in like a 20-minute sit, you know, once a week or a 40-minute sit once a week. You do that when you sit and sit and sit and sit and sit. And then you're just like, I have nothing to say. And then something happens the, that what surfaces is the stuff that has been um, underneath like in the theta wave level of your brain, things that you've been holding on to and haven't been uh, willing or able to see yet start to surface so that you can have a relationship with them and then, and then sit with them. So you kind of have to get past the noisy, chattering part of your mind and just uh, be able to drop in. But we don't drop in like just because we want to, like, ooh, I'm just, it's not like getting into a pool where you just drop in and go as far as you go. You actually have to work the layers down. Um, and many people in service of access will say, oh, we want colored people and, you know, queer people to be able to meditate and black people. And so um, we, we should make it so they don't have to go to long retreats. I'm like, knock it off with that. Mm. Knock it off with that. We, we need to be able to go to long retreats because we have, um, we are human beings and we're structured in a way in which we pile on stuff to keep away from the deeper parts of our suffering. And so we need those retreats. What people need to do is make those retreats accessible to us so that we can actually go to them, including providing some support so that uh, the bills that are left behind when we go on retreat are also something that we can mm -hmm. cover. So that's really what we need to do. Don't ever let anyone tell you that uh, if meditation is going to be uh, accessible, it's going to come without having to do deep retreats. Deep retreats are absolutely part of the journey. You don't have to start with them, and, and, and they shouldn't make you feel like, if I haven't done a deep retreat, my practice is not real. But if you want to go into the deeper layers, you have to uh, go and do that work for yourself. And, and the thing is, is that once you start to do it, um, it will become, you know, like the air that you breathe. You'll be like, okay, your life is going to start moving around those opportunities mm -hmm. because you know that everything in your life is dependent upon your personal liberation. You're welcome. That was powerful. We have time for one more. Shantae. Sorry, I am like the longest No, we love everything No, like that was a good thing. That was a good thing. It's like, ooh, this is about to be amazing. Right. Thank you so much. I feel like I could ask a bunch of questions, but I was really fascinated by what you were speaking about travel and how it's led to your personal liberation. And with all of your experiences, I really just want to know what entice and what is enticing you to come back to the United States. I'm not very well traveled, but it's definitely been something that um, is on my heart and on my spirit. But I'm curious, once I uh, leave the country and I have these experiences that um, contribute to my liberation, I'm, I'm wondering what my relationship will be uh, to coming back to the United States. Well, you'll have to figure that out. I mean, you might not want to. I'm, I'm really contemplating Amsterdam right now. Um, no, it's great to have a reference point, and that's what traveling, that's what leaving does. It gives us a reference point, but you, you might want to stay longer, and, and there's nothing, you know, I mean, it's that your family and your situation. Um, I think some of it is just opening my imagination. I think if I traveled now with what I know now, if I was doing my first travel, I probably wouldn't come back, right? I think at the time I couldn't fathom myself as a person that would just go, it's sort of like you have to break open the beliefs that you can actually do that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really clear that I could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have been so blessed. <laughs> Again, speechless. I'm like, I have no words. Um, we're really, really blessed by your presence yes. and your insights. Your, oh, thank you. Genius, yes. your wisdom, your I go yes. on and on and on. Thank and one you. thing we always talk about within our community is like, you know, whenever you give an affirmation to someone, everyone, someone's like, you're amazing. It's like, we have to also remember that we always just see ourselves reflected. Absolutely. So I'm just like overjoyed at the fact that like so much of the stuff that you said, I can put into practice. You can Absolutely. put into practice. Mm -hmm. And we can feel ourselves grow like we're all individuals right but I'm just like oh the things that she's saying I hope I can say one day and Absolutely. like truly feel it within yeah. my my being and mm -hmm. my soul so it's like 
you know how people say goals, but it's not goals. It's like, it's a reflection of <laughs> like, totally of like, so just yeah. enormous gratitude for real. No, no mm-hmm. gratitude. I, I say, I'm like, Oh, if I were like as like brilliant as you all are now at my, at, at, at my, at that age, <laughs> I, I just can't even imagine like it's going to just be done. Like wow. all the things that need to be done are going to be done. Wow. You all are brilliant. Like you're amazing. The young people coming up now, uh, your capacity, your mm. like expansive minds, your like willingness. It's, it's just unfathomable. You are so far ahead of where we are. So don't even believe it. Like, you know, just don't believe that anything is different happening here. You are mm. so far. And I just wish I had like an inkling of that possibility mm. uh, when I was your age. Uh, I, it, it gives me, um, I'm not a hope kind of person, but it gives me a, a vibrant sense of knowing wow. that uh, we are, if we don't like destroy the planet first, that <laughs> there, there is that little bit of a side yeah. um, that if we don't destroy the planet first, like we will truly have a liberation. And um, it, it is not because black people are special in some kind of way uh, you know, that I'm just going to make up some sort of exceptional way, but particularly because of the design of this country, we were situated as the key to liberation because we were si- situated as the way in which the country got locked up and, and mm. has been prevented from the ideals of the so-called American dream. That we are here is uh, not because of the way that the documents and the laws were written, but be- with, but despite them. Mm-hmm. And so we really are like... Uh, all of this nation is dependent on particularly upon black women. The wealth of this nation was built in black women's wombs and, uh, the, and therefore the liberation and the, the reckoning and the reconciliation and the healing of this nation is, I, is, I, I truly believe, um, incumbent upon the liberation of black women. And I see this liberation sitting at this table. So thank you so wow. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Angel, how can anyone who's like, I need to study more, mm-hmm. learn more, receive more insights, and also support your work? You have amazing books. Yes. How can we engage with you more beyond this? Uh, so, I have a website, and it's Angel Kyoto, and so it's K Y O D O, Williams.com. And I'm like up to things. I'm up to things. So uh, (laughs) all this coming year, Radical Dharma, everything. Radical Dharma camps, Radical Dharma conversations, deep, profound, five-day conversations where people come out with, like, minds and hearts blown and healing done. And, you know, it's like a year of therapy, race therapy up in that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so so come and uh, join me. Come and sit, hang out in those spaces. Um, practice with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Continue to be brilliant. Continue on your path of liberation. Uh, and just say hey, and and you know PayPal too, because that's just real. <laughs> that's yes. real. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Black Girl and Ohm creates space for women of color to breathe easy. You guys, we would like to thank our amazing podcast crew. Khalid B., thank you so much for an amazing intro. It's live and it's lit. I love it every time I listen to it. Keith, good news. You are such a phenomenal audio engineer. Thank you so much. Um, Valerie Titus Glover, our digital strategist on the podcast team. Girl, you are amazing. Thank you for your commitment. And to our amazing community members, y'all some real ones, day ones. We want to thank y'all so much for rocking with us. We love you, support you, and we are so grateful to share space with you.